Welcome to the Sports Events Entertainment Network, brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. I'm your host, Catherine Nero. In this podcast series, we'll introduce you to the Sports Events and Tourism Association, its partners across the country, and the great work they do together. Join us. again and welcome. I'm Catherine Nero, your host of the Sports Events Entertainment Network, brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. Today we're going quite the opposite direction from Myrtle Beach and we're talking with Luchi Havalosa, the Senior Sports Sales Manager of Tempe Tourism and the President and CEO of Tempe Tourism, Michael Martin. Thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Let's start with you, Michael. Let's, I'm going to just lob this softball up to you. Tell me what's new in Tempe for those of us who haven't been there in a while. Sure. There's been a lot of development recently here in our city, especially in the downtown area. Uh, For a very long time, we had um, a a dearth of new hotel development, and it was mainly select service, which is great. You know, we love our our select service properties. But um, right before COVID, we had an influx of full service hotels, which was great. And during COVID, not the greatest time to open, but during COVID, we had the Canopy by um, Hilton opened in downtown Tempe, the Westin Tempe, and just this past April, the Omni Tempe. So that added close to 800 rooms just to wow. our downtown area alone. And with that, with full service, it also brought opportunity for meeting space or for additional space, especially for sports groups, because they obviously want to be, they may want to be in a downtown environment where they you know, close walking distance to restaurants and attractions, things to do. So it it added to the overall experience for people visiting Tempe. And in addition to that, we also saw the opening of our streetcar. So here in the Metro Phoenix area, we sit just next to Phoenix. Um, We have Metro Light Rail, which connects us through Sky Harbor International Airport and into downtown Phoenix. In addition to that, we just launched our own streetcar that comes through downtown Tempe and connects downtown Tempe with Arizona State University. So it's all interconnected. So we have a big um, focus here in Tempe on public transportation. So um, having the streetcar uh, starting um, is great and we have hopes that that'll expand in the future. And, and so Lucci, when you talk about new transportation and 800 additional hotel rooms, that makes your job a whole lot easier in bringing events to the area. Tell us uh, what this sort of influx of, and again, not just places to stay, but how, how to get around, how that helps you in getting out there and getting more events coming to Tempe. Yeah, I always uh, like to kind of tell people who are not very familiar like where we're located because most people just think oh yeah I've been to Phoenix and then everyone in the area is basically Phoenix um and so Tempe is you know kind of I I like to call it we're we're basically like the central hub of the Phoenix Valley area um we're only about 15 minutes from the Sky Harbor Airport it's a big international airport so it makes it very accessible to get here from all over um and then as Michael mentioned you know the light rail if folks are not wanting to do um, rental cars or anything like that, they can hop on the right light, right light rail easily. And um, if, especially if they're staying downtown, then they can just take that straight from the airport to Mill Avenue downtown area where we have a bunch of um, shops, restaurants, um, ASU, of course. And that it's just kind of like a one t- one-stop shop and very easily accessible. Um, and we're small but mighty and so we're kind of right like depending on the direction that you go in um 
or either 10-15 minutes where you're in Phoenix or Scottsdale or Mesa or Chandler um, and so anything you know like if families or participants are coming and they're like okay we've like we've basically gone around all of Tempe we want to see what else is next um, or what's what's nearby I mean, all the other cities are also very accessible and we have a very good partnership with our neighboring cities as well and so we do quite a bit of collaborations with them on the sports end um, so it really kind of helps do the whole um, valley-wide area with a focus of people staying and playing in Tempe. That's fantastic. And to have all of those amenities right there. You guys were just recognized as well uh, by Sports ETA. Uh, and let's talk about this award that your team won. It, uh, the tourism office there won the uh, the winner of the event or program impact of the year for the under 500,000 population category. This is for the National Veterans Wheelchair Game. So both of you explain how this event happened, what went into preparing and, you know, kind of getting this underway, and then also um, why you think it won an award. So tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm going to let Michael tell you about um, the beginning parts of it because I kind of came into it uh, already like three quarters in. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let him tell you the story. <laughs> Ready for you. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, a number of years ago, we started our sports marketing efforts, probably 15, 16, 17 years ago already. And with the interesting thing I find about sports and with group business is that it's the long game. You have to be in it for um, a long time and create those connections and relationships. It's not like you're going to RFP and the booking is going to happen tomorrow. Um, that's the important thing I think people outside the tourism industry don't really understand is that those relationships get built and it could happen two or three or four years down the road. So this uh, particular lead came to us um, as a result of, I believe, at a trade show that our previous sports manager was at. And to be quite honest, um, whenever the discussion was started, we thought, oh my gosh, we're going to have this event in July, which is our not our, our best time. Um, it's, <laughs> it's warm. A little I warm, it's yep. Warm. It's, our, it's our down season. And um, quite frankly, having, you know, this, uh, um, Veterans wheelchair games in Tempe would have been would, was a very big deal because it involved a lot of infrastructure that needed to be looked at. You know, the hotel rooms had to be investigated to make sure that um, they were going to be able to welcome people who happened to be in wheelchairs, um, to make sure that the transportation was going to be in place, to make sure that there was going to be enough facilities to actually host the event. We, we don't have one central convention center in Tempe, for example. Mm -hmm. So we have to rely on not only city facilities, but facilities at Arizona State University, as well as uh, private facilities. And just the pure coordination of getting those facilities on board and making those connections to make sure everybody's on the same page, it took, uh, that's, that's a lot of work because it's not just one contractor signing, right? Um, and so there was a lot of um, lead time that a lot of lead work that took place in order just to win the event and then obviously making sure that the event was going to go off without a hitch one of the things that we are proud of is here in tempe we work really well with our partners in the city of tempe arizona state university um, the downtown tempe authority which is the downtown district uh, the tempe chamber of commerce and so forth so specifically for downtown, we worked with the downtown Tempe Authority to get the word out to all the restaurants and the shops and said, hey, there are gonna be about 600 athletes coming to downtown Tempe who happen to be in wheelchairs. So, you know, be be aware of that. Make sure that, you know, you're prepared for when they come into this, to the restaurant store or whatever it might be. And we also took that on the road. There was another hotel that's outside the downtown area that was a host hotel. 
So a couple of our staff, as well as members of the committee that brought the group here, went out and knocked on doors in that neighborhood and said, hey, this is going to be happening in our neighborhood in this particular week in July. Um, and so it was a very, it was a, it was an effort that was community wide. And that's, I think, what makes it, makes us very proud of that. We have good size city events here, you know, Rock and Roll Marathon, Ironman. This was unique and different because it was summertime and it took uh, uh, so many different partners to make sure that it was going to happen without a hitch. And Lucci could probably talk to you more about the, the onsite of what happened during the, during that week as she was there for most of the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, all week, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was an incredible event. Um, when COVID was still kind of, was, you know, like going up. still out there, there, right? Yeah. So it was still COVID times. Um, and so the local VA, the Phoenix VA, actually was the head um, LOC for the event. Uh, so in conjunction with them and the Paralyzed Veterans of America, PVA, um, who co-sponsors the event, uh, we really worked with them on kind of like COVID mitigations, you know, from like volunteers, like everybody had to be vaccinated. Um, everyone who was at the event um, had to be masked unless they were um, playing. And so there were a lot of protocols, uh, making sure that people were staying safe and healthy the entire week that they were here. Um, the main facility that was utilized was our Sun Devil Fitness Complex, um, which is ASU's facility. And so um, a lot of the events like wheelchair basketball, uh, power soccer, they introduced pickleball for the first time. So they had an exhibition uh, pickleball game and everybody was like, oh my God, pickleball. <laughs> you know, um, they were ahead of the curve. I'll yeah, it was, now it's it was everywhere. so fun. Yeah, <laughs> so from like adaptive fitness, yeah. uh, lifting, I mean, just a lot of different events. Um, and everybody like just seemed to have a really good time and it was great that we could have it indoors, you know, in the uh, middle of the summer too, because everybody's like, oh my God, how do you live here? And we're like, it's great. We have <laughs> air conditioning and when you're outside, there's misters everywhere. <laughs> uh, so it helps keep you cool. Um, in conjunction with that too, you know, like Michael mentioned, it was really a community effort. So, uh, Again, the nice thing about Tempe being centrally located is like about 10 minutes from downtown, we have a universally um, designed adaptive complex called Ability360 that we partner with as well. So they were very instrumental, um, also hosted a lot of the other events at their facility. So we really kind of worked with them to make sure that the athletes had um, and the accessibility that they needed um, were provided. Um, I remember one of the athletes, uh, it was his first games and I was just kind of chatting with him, you know, like this is like incredible. And and he was just like, wow. It was like, I've never seen so many wheelchairs in one place mm -hmm. before. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's just kind of speaks, yeah. it, it's a testament to, you know, like why not? <laughs> uh, and And, the ability and, and the fact that we had the opportunity to be able to provide that experience to him and many others was just, you know, something that we can't even really accurately describe, like you just had to be there.
And that's exactly what the committee, the Sports ETA Selection Committee, who kind of reviewed all the awards nominations, what they said about your um, submission was that the National Veterans Wheelchair Games provided an opportunity for the public to recognize and appreciate the strength and resilience. Like the, the story you just told, one of the athletes themselves had never seen that many wheelchairs in one place. So there's a good chance nobody there had. So to be able to to see them and be be just see how athletic and how um, adaptive they are to all of, you know, all of the sports that they were playing that had to be rewarding on your end as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it was also really great for our local community, like our vendors, our merchants, um, local businesses to be able to provide um, and kind of if their businesses weren't already set up to be as accessible as possible, you know, we're able to work with them and get them ready. Um, and so it just kind of adds another level of awareness and acknowledgement that, um, you know, there are some things that our buildings or infrastructures need to kind of think about. Mm -hmm. um, and so it helps us move the needle forward to make sure that we are as inclusive as possible. You know, Michael, many of the awards recipients that we're highlighting here uh, on the Sports Events Entertainment Network um, aren't just about the events themselves. It's all of that, like you mentioned, the long game. It's the relationships. It's working not only with people within the industry, but outside the industry, within your own community. Is that a takeaway for other organizations going, hey, I want one of these awards next year. What should I do? Is that the kind of thing you should be looking at? Yeah, I think it, as Lucci said, it's a testament to the community that we have, that we worked with. So, you know, Ability 360, for example, um, they're probably their first, um, their their main purpose is not tourism. They're there to serve the local public and to and to make sure that people who might have a um, some form of disability have a place to recreate, have recreation or services, whatever it might be. So, this is not usually in their wheelhouse to bring all these people in and have them participate at their facility and so but they got it they understood the value they understood what we were trying to do as a community as a you know as just being able to host something that wasn't just another event it was um you know a, a very different for for us to be able to host and so whenever we whenever other communities are looking at their um, infrastructure you might have to look at what might be more non-traditional uh, opportunities to make sure that um, people are have a, a sense of, of, of the event coming to the community. So for example, making sure that if you have tra transportation that Valley Metro, in our case, they were notified that this event was taking place. Um, Sky Harbor International Airport, I was there on the first day to as a volunteer mm -hmm. and they coordinate the the um, event coordinated with the airport to make sure there was a welcome center at each terminal so that everybody could gather at once and then everybody went off onto the transportation that was lined up. It was it worked like clockwork. It was pretty incredible. Um, but you have to work with your local airport to make sure that that infrastructure is ready to go and there's space that um, allows for that. Um, and then also, you know, Arizona State University is a huge asset for us here in Tempe. And they, I have to say, we're very, very fortunate because their, that facility is very open to working with us and it really worked out really well because it's centrally located, it wasn't far from all the hotels. But again, their their, their major um, focus is, is taking care of the students and the faculty at Arizona State University. They carved in the time to make sure that we could host this event and they did an amazing job of hosting. It's just a, it was, it's an incredible facility to begin with, but just their buy-in and their support um, 
it, it works really well. So if you have a university in your community, we're very fortunate to have a very large one, the largest one in the country here in Tempe. Um, but there might be some um, connections there that, that bring, that bring a, a large group to your city. That's great advice and uh, congratulations once again on this award and all the successes to come. Lucci and Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for watching and listening and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Catherine Nero, your host of the Sports Events Entertainment Network brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach.